You're listening to New Dogma Zine. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation, episode 27. I mean, that's a, that's a good round number. Yeah, I like that number. I mean, it's just in terms of like, you know, visualizing what that number looks like, 27 is kind of a cool looking number. Yeah, it's one of those nine numbers, right? Where like, yeah. you know, the 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 two and the seven add up to nine, the one and the eight add up to nine. I forget what yep. they call that, but it's it's the the their multiplicatives add up to be the number. Certain numbers look a certain way, and yeah, other than just being crazy. I mean, so before but, we get too far into conspiracy theories, uh. This is Andrew. I'm here with Grant. We got no Mitch this week. Uh, Mitch nope. is busy. I don't know what he's probably playing stickball or pickleball or one of the, uh, yeah, one of the cool kid uh, ball, sports ball games. Bit of a rough one this last weekend, Grant. It was. It was. It was. Um, I think uh, anybody that was watching the game, you know, will say that it was, you know, it's, and I think it's because, you know, you, you know, the way that it starts off and the way that it ends were very two very different things. So um yeah. disappointing. Our guest this week is Adam Wallman, who is a, a local Ford Madison fan base in Janesville, uh, yeah. who is also an officiant. Well, not really an officiant. He's he's an official. Officiant official. Yeah. Yeah. Officiant would be like uh could perform weddings. Uh yeah. that's or, you. Yeah, that I can do that. Thank, thanks to the internet, uh, I can legally perform weddings. But I uh, know Adam was uh, gracious to give us about an hour of his time to give us a, a little bit of a different perspective um, on uh, all of our complaining about the referees this season. Though uh, it, it did seem like we uh, surprised him a little bit with some of the numbers and some of some of the uh, right. The, the particular scenarios that, that we wanted to, to chat about, but uh, stay tuned for all that. We'll get to that in due time. Uh, but this last weekend, a 4-2 loss away to South Georgia uh, with Mateus Cassini. Nowhere in sight for this game. No, we'll get to, yeah, we'll get to Cassini in, in a little bit, but a, a bit of a shocker uh, and not, not the fun kind. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this game. Um, and a bit, a bit of a, a throwback to the previous matchup against them at Breeze. Yeah, very much um, so. Go up two uh, one, end of the half. Yeah, uh, and then an absolute horror show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, not the greatest look from the Ford Madison back line, but uh, Tormenta seems to have, uh, with their high press, seems to have our, our back line figured out. Yeah, they they definitely have um, had the look of a team that has has figured something out because um, there's just numerous times where they would come down the pitch and just look dangerous, you know. And it, at one point, it just you were concerned about every time they came down the pitch whether or not they were going to score, and they just, you know. Like you, like you, I think what you said is, is correct. They've figured, they've figured something out out of what that is. I don't know, but yeah, they definitely made the back line look bad that, that night. You know, both, both teams had a, a week's rest. 
Uh, so we don't we don't really have the the sort right. of same excuse that we had during the Knoxville game of just not being rested. Um, Corey and Sterling pressed us hard all all evening, um, <clears throat> all the way from the sort of middle line all the way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey, uh, notably. Uh, forcing an own goal, a rare own goal from Mitch Osman in the seven in the 18th minute, uh, doesn't exactly nutmeg Stephen Payne, but might as well have uh, yeah. from from yeah. near the corner. Um, dribbles around him, puts a dangerous ball in the area, and it happens to go off Mitch Osman's leg, and yep. uh, looks like it hits Kaziah Sterling and goes in goal to the point where, even though the league and opta credited uh mitch with the own goal they 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 put a highlight they're, up they're promoting it sterling, as a, as a sterling goal yeah 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 <laughs> you know it's the, you know it's a serious league here yeah so yeah uh very very serious league uh very very serious league but overall a rough lot, night for the back line uh mitch osmond who had, like we said had that own goal though I, you know I don't know how you don't try to stick a foot in front of that when it's going into right, the area. Exactly. It be, exactly. ends up beating Baron uh, near post. So, and I think had Mitch not touched it, that it probably would have found Sterling and gone in the back of the net anyway. Right. I agree. Um, but Mitch also uh, concedes a, a penalty later on. Yep. Yep. Um, also gets beat by Sterling uh, on the yep. high press, which. Yeah. I don't know why you back pass when you have a team that's uh, pressing you incredibly high, uh, especially if you're near the halfway line when you're back passing it uh, to the last defender. Um, Yeah. I thought Jade Nonan and Chaney looked quite good. Uh, They did. (laughs) They looked great. Yeah. Scored a goal piece. Chaney scored an 8.5 on Fat Mob on the night. Actually, Chaney was the one with the assist for Onan. Uh, the, his little no look, it was like a back pass off the inside yeah, of his foot. Well, he's back to goal. Um, Cheney overall, uh, four shots on the night. One was on target. That was the goal. Um, hit the woodwork, uh, once 39 touches, two passes in the final third. Um, uh, overall just, uh, put in a hell of a shift, two clearances as well, two recoveries for, for a striker, you know, you look for him to either skull goals or create chances. He created the most chances in the match with three. When you go down three, two or four, two, it's, it's hard to, to continually ask these guys to keep pouring in goals when, you know, you know, they already gave you two, they gave you a two, one lead on the road going, you know, going in the second half. I think that should be enough. And it has been enough in the past for this defense to lock things down. So, um, just was not the case this weekend. It was so. probably Mitch Osmond's worst game in a Ford Madison shirt. I I think he would probably agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, Fatma yeah. rated him a 3.9. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's bad when the rating comes along with a red, red color around the number. Oh yeah. The blue is yeah. the, is the best, but yeah. Blue is the best. Yeah. Got credited with an own goal. Um, Cause I Sterling would have had a hat trick. Had he gotten credited with that goal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, so yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, a good he's pretty good. He's pretty good. That kid. Uh, 
That that is the technical way of putting it. Uh, if you were a scout, you would say, "Yeah, he's yeah. pretty all right." Yeah, <laughs> the kid's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty all right. <laughs> Sterling's still a menace to other teams. You have to wonder if he's going to try to find his way out. I'm kind of surprised he didn't find his way out uh, of Tormenta during during the off season this last year. You, I mean, and and, and that's what makes I think the, you know, like Cassini situation so so interesting. So. Because I think they brought him in to supply, you know, some support to um, to, to Sterling, and it just never really took off. And so, yeah, we can speak about that a little bit. Uh, so, Tormenta Cassini announced it yesterday on his Instagram account that he's he's parting ways with yeah, Tormenta. Tormenta announced it today. Yeah. Uh, the a mutual parting of ways. Um, yeah. We we can't really say a whole lot. We you know we know some of the reasons why he left Ford Madison last after last season. Right. Um, I think one of the main things was you know being a somewhat turbulent character in the locker room, uh, mixed with being a, a high earner. Um, you know, and you have to you have to think. I I don't know if the the locker room turbulence is uh, something that continued this year at Tormenta. I, we we don't really have any knowledge of that but uh knowing that he he is sort of a high earner in the league uh he proved last season that he probably should be uh but he's he spent a good part of this season uh on the sidelines with an injury um but if you have a high earner on your team and you know you you only play 14 games of of the 21 or 22 that i think they've played so far and you score five goals and have one assist. I mean, you have to also think that Sterling's uh, injury or outage at the start of the season also played a part there and them right. not gelling. Um, but, you know, Cassini's always, was always an, a, a nice guy to us, we, you know, whether he was getting along or, or getting on right. with the, the, the other guys on the team, he always made time for us. Um so no real complaints from about him from, from our perspective. No, uh, but no. you know, this is a, a cutthroat business, especially in the lower leagues. Uh, absolutely wish them the best. I have to assume like, you know, w- worst case scenario is you know, moving back to Brazil or something like that to, right. to raise his daughter. Um, right. I mean, and the thing is like, we just don't know. Yep. I mean, you know, I think people have asked us if we know anything and, the answer is no, we don't know anything. And right. so, um, you know, we're just as surprised. We were as surprised about this as anybody else was. And so, yep. um, gotta wish him the best, you know I mean? He's had, yeah, he's had absolutely. a rough it's, career. It's not like he's a, he's a bad human being or anything like that. No. Um, I, I talked to him after the, you know, tormented game up here. He was, you know, said that he and his wife both missed Madison and, uh, missed being around and uh, missed the city. Um, and I think that that was part of, you know, that might be part of what was, what's plays in here is that I know, you know, that he, he, he and his wife did not like South Georgia that much. And so it's just, it's compared to Madison fucking jacked up on the idea of like the (laughs) happening spot in town being the Publix. Hey, you know, um, I'm sure they have a bowling alley there. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. And so, (laughs) um, axe throwing place. Yeah. Maybe a checkers or yeah. a, Bojangles. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Bojangles. Yeah. You're getting there that you pimento cheese. You, you're yeah. going to want that. Hey, you know what? Hey, I want the pimento cheese. That's, yeah. that's good stuff. So, yeah. But anyways, I think, um, I, I, I think he realized it was time to just move on to something else. Um, and th- like you're saying, we wish him the best. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a good dude. Um, yeah, he was always good to us. And, uh, yep. you know, I think there are some cultural differences there. Um, and also, you know, like he, he's coming in expecting to be sort of a marquee player there and they didn't really play him up like that. Right. Correct. So, yeah, we wish, we wish him the best. So uh, bringing the focus back on forward Madison. Um, so recent results, uh, six points from a possible 12. Um, what do you make of that? You think it's, I mean, best, you think it's good enough? It's unfortunate. I, I'm frustrated by it personally. Yeah. Um, then there's the part of me that's like, you know, considering how we usually play in July. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, a little late this year. Yeah. A little slump. So, um, yeah, I, it's, I want, I want us to, to, you know, to go into this weekend and hopefully get, you know, go and get some points. Um, I think everyone involved wants that as well. Yeah. You know, I think. Even they would say that's not good enough. Not the best, not the worst, but you'd hope you would have hoped we would would have had eight. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, anything above seven is usually is pretty great. I mean, let's let's put it in perspective though. We should have won that Knoxville game uh, without the the fucking just ridiculous officiating. Which in our interview here, you'll hear from Adam. He's not gonna throw another ref under the bus but uh you know when when a referee is pleading the fifth <laughs> you kind of know what what they think yeah um yeah we asked him to kind of look at at some of the calls that were made and he knew some of the, the the guys some of the the people that were the ars in that game and um said you know normally they get these things pretty right uh, yep. and and one is somebody who he actually looked to model himself after uh, but you know, everybody has a bad day in the office, uh, at the office once in a while. And that being said, we should have had that. We should have won that game. So, you yeah, know, I mean, then one you're, loss you, of last three deserved. Yeah. Like, cause you're I looking felt at like, nine, you know, nine and what you're looking, no, you'd be looking nine at 12, eight, not bad. Yeah, nine, 12. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what it should have shaken out to be, but I can also see maybe some of that frustration, uh, ends up in some misplaced uh, lack of confidence. Um, yeah, yeah but, I can see that too. Yeah, the guys have a long away trip this weekend, going down to Fresno, um, playing the Fuego. Uh, Fuego are are dragging. <laughs> they have one got one point of a possible fifteen over their past five games. Um, it's uh, homecoming for our boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see his, his, his post on Twitter. He wants to pink out the stadium. He's <laughs> posting that out. Yeah. Oh. What, do you, what do you make of that? I mean, it seems like he's got a little bit of a, not necessarily a, a vendetta or a point, like maybe a little bit of a point to prove that this is, this is the first game that we've had against them on his old patch. I think it's very possible. Christian Cheney could have the Gordie Howe scoring a goal, getting an assist and uh, uh, getting into a fight. 
you know, the old Gordy Kyle hat trick, very possible. But I think he's going to play great. Um, I know he's he's very excited uh, to get out there and see his, you know, see his friends, see his, see his family. Yeah. And I think he's just excited to show people what what they're missing. I mean, because you know he's a, you know, it's he's told me this numerous times. He's as much as he loves Madison. You know, that's his town. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, he grew up. He grew up there. Yeah, he grew up there. So. I mean, if you if you haven't listened yet to not the most recent one that we did with Cheney, but the one before the season yeah. started, he talked about yeah. how, you know, he he did, he grew up in in Fresno. He's had people, friends, and fans that have been his friends and fans going to support him playing for the various iterations of Fresno clubs and and school teams that he's played for since he was a little kid. To the to the point where like you know he got to see his his picture up uh, on billboards in Fresno yeah. advertising yeah. for either the Fuego or the Foxes. Um, he's done it all in Fresno. And yeah. I mean, we have yet to really have a homegrown player like that. So like, I don't know that a lot of fans around here will understand what a game like this means to Cheney, but also to some of the, the, the fire squad people who have, kind of jumped ship this season to support the the valley the amateur team there right exactly and then so um it'll be an interesting game i think the boys know um it's a long trip but i also think it's something to where you can go out and you can get it's a good it's a great chance to get three points it's a you know in this league there's not a lot of great you know opportunities where you can say this is a really great chance for us to go, you know, and get three points because every game is tough, as you know. Keith T. Meyer has told us numerous times. Um, there's no, a, there's no guaranteed wins in this, right? Game. But this not. is one of those games that you absolutely should go out and win, and yeah. you, and you need to, and you need to. And so, yeah, they, they, they are dire. They're, they're not a good team. They, the, it's not even like they're team. not a good team. I think par, a big part of it, man, is it's it's their ownership. It's mm-hmm. it's the people running the club. And I think you you'll you know you'll hear that if you talk with their fans. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, look they they've been real bad this season. 22, 22 games played. Guess how many they've won? Three, five. They've lost fifteen games of twenty-two. <laughs> they we should put them to the sword. Absolutely should put them to the sword. Um, yeah. If we don't, it is a problem. Um, there, so there we go. It, so tune in know, next week. Yeah, when we <laughs> lose to the Fuego. Uh, (laughs) what why is it like you know a month ago i would have thought we would go to go like you know maybe not even a month ago because they fucking beat us the first game that we played against them this season but we did beat them last time they came to madison right um you know i has your has your i guess like confidence in this forward madison team eroded at all um, I think after this weekend, I, I, it's hard to say it, that it hasn't, um, 
I was pretty confident about this team going into this weekend. And, you know, I, I, whether it was the heat, whether it was a couple of guys battling injury, whatever it might be, um, they just seemed like they just, they didn't like, they just didn't, didn't carry themselves well. And I'm hoping that it's just a thing, you know, just a one off, you know, they come out, they play well. Um, but I think like this, that's the beautiful thing about playing this game this weekend against a team that has been very dire, as you've been saying, been, you know, pointing out. You have it's, to win this game. Yeah, you have to. You go out, you win this game. Everyone goes, all right. Yeah, it was just a thing. We move on, you know. Um, but if you don't go out and win this game, I think that, um, yeah, it's, there, it's uh, there's a lot of chatter that's going to start. So, well, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I mean, it, it is worth something. I think they absolutely have to win this game. I mean, that's... Yeah. You would think that 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 is going to happen, but like I mean, look, it's difficult to not let the bad feels overwhelm the 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 logic sometimes. Uh, but I really do think that we should have had nine points from this last possible twelve. Uh, I think the confidence going into this Tormenta match this last weekend would have been different had we won the game against Knoxville, right. um, and. I place that on the fucking refs. No fucking question. Yeah, there's no like, doubt. Like, yes, we had more chances. We sh- we could have put them away. We should have put them away. But and we should have been playing dog so from for about eighty minutes. Yep. So, um, but yes. Also, can we just fucking like poach William Bijev from Fuego? Like, goddamn. If I mean, we needed another striker, like on our squad, he's played fourteen matches for them this season 14 i mean we should just call chain and tell him he hasn't played in eight matches for them he scored one goal for them all season he has not played in eight matches for fuego yeah see he's just we just tell chain and like just put him on the plane on the way back yeah put a fucking word in chaney yeah uh it's a former Liverpool <laughs> fucking youth prospect. Like, yeah. and he's just wh- like, yes, he did grow. He's a Fresno guy too. Like legit is a Fresno guy, but he's fucking languishing there. Like you think him, you think him and Cheney like each other. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like he said as much when we interviewed him in the off season. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they That's got right. along well and like, he's a Fresno guy too. And we asked him about poaching Bijev back then. Uh, <laughs> what do we know, Andrew? What do we yeah, know? Fucking a. Uh, we know yeah. nothing. So right. after after Fuego this weekend, I mean, uh, nothing's a foregone conclusion. We go to Chattanooga. They've yep. gotten four points from a possible fifteen in their last five another games. Got another garbage season. Yep. Yep. They sh- they play away to Greenville. On on Wednesday tomorrow night, as a, we're recording this Tuesday night, we recorded with uh, with Adam on Saturday before the before the Tormenta match. But right. Right. Chattanooga, the Red Wolves play Greenville 
tomorrow night and then host Tormenta this weekend. So like they'll be coming off of two games. If depending on depending on how these games go, they could be in a very wounded state when we play them yeah. too. Two games um, you got two games you got to win. Yeah, I mean they're that, the last good. place teams. Like yeah. Fuego's in dead <laughs> last, and then yeah, Chattanooga's you, right ahead of them. I mean, I understand every game is tough. I get that, totally understand that. But if you want to be a playoff team in this league, if you want to be a team that hosts a playoff game in this league, you got to win these games. Yeah, you got you you got to get results in these games. That's just it. Absolutely. That's just it. So. Well, with all that said, we've fucking just waffled on and uh, with a a ton of drivel, really. I mean, let's be honest. Some of well, it's good. Our Some usual of amount good. of drivel. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. that is good. That's just, It's a lot. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a lot sometimes, Grant. It, it does. Uh, sure. Sure. Well, probably when listening back to this, I'm sure we were in much better spirits on Saturday, though we were talking about being hard done by the referees again. So you know how that goes. Uh, yeah, that, that was not the case in, you know, the, this no. this last this last Saturday. No, no. Um, it's it's not any better when you deserve the L. Uh, but at no. least you're you know you're like, yeah, we played like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll hang that one. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. But uh we'll forget about this one. We won't forget about Knoxville because fuck all no. that. That was bullshit. Anyway, uh listen. Hang around for this interview with Adam Wallman. It's really good. It's great. Uh, gave us it's some really good great. perspective on on some of the review process and how refereeing assignments happen, uh, as well as uh, the accountability uh, when it comes to being an official in and not an efficient, but an official yeah. in a soccer match. Um, <laughs> we will be back hopefully next week. Hopefully after three points gained in Fresno. Yeah, we'll 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 be back after three points. All right. Uh, we are here with our one of our guests on this show, Adam Wallman, who is a referee, a local referee, refs in Madison and in Janesville. And generally in the southern Wisconsin region, it sounds like yeah. um, we we have Adam on to kind of share his perspective, and so that we can get some perspective on uh, maybe some of the refereeing decisions that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but also just to get uh, a perspective of someone who's in the jump because it is not an easy job. No, um, Adam, <laughs> welcome uh, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, How are you? Here, I'm doing good. Thank you for uh, inviting me. And uh, yeah, you know, I do have various roles within um, my, the referee world, but I'm not here under any of those representing any of those organizations that I work. I'm merely here as a Ford Madison fan who happens to be a referee, and I think I responded on Twitter. Yeah, and that's what led to <laughs> led to well, this. I mean, and, and I think you know Andrew and I are both. We're, we're we were saying this on the way here is that we're both individuals that are very comfortable admitting when we're wrong. So if we you know if we are wrong about things, we're very you know we're willing to like say yeah yeah I cut that wrong. So bringing somebody on that like has a perspective of the referee side. Which we've been, which hard- we complain about well, uh, quite, <laughs> quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that there's, that adds that perspective that we we're looking for, and I think that it's good for everyone to have that perspective. And you know, so thank you for coming on. We oh. really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, uh, wanted to ask a little bit about your background, where you're from, where you where you grew up, 
uh, how you got involved in the game and when when you started officiating. Oh, perfect. Well, so I actually grew up in Wisconsin, and um, right out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps, and I served in the Marine Corps for 22 years. Um, I was not a soccer player as a kid at all. Didn't you know? Wasn't didn't play it at all. I didn't actually start playing. Uh, I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, and the sports there were, the base sports were basketball, baseball, and soccer. And my kids played baseball, hated it. They were like, this is boring. Played basketball, really liked it. I thought for a while I might become a basketball coach. I coached them, enjoyed it. And then they played soccer, and they fell in love with soccer. And I took over as, I was coaching two teams, had no idea what I was doing. This was before YouTube, so it was like I'd spend hours trying to plan practices. Um, And that just grew my love. And... um, I love it more than they do now. Um, and uh, my final year in the Marine Corps, they moved back to Wisconsin about a year before I retired so my oldest could start high school okay. and not have to move high schools. I could have probably got on to coach somewhere because I was yeah. just a coach at that point. And, uh, but somebody's like, well, become a referee. You'll, you'll learn about the game. It'll make you a better coach. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, you make some money. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I became a referee, fell in love with refereeing as much as I loved coaching. And... Um, since then and that was about six years ago what was it about refereeing that made you fall in love with it um i think part of it is you know being a marine if you know marines we love our our pomp and circumstances and the uniforms my wife even says now she thinks that you know i still love wearing the uniform and (laughs) you're you're in a a kit today well yeah (laughs) yep 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 and uh i just you know the the feeling when you're calling a really good game and you're on top of the calls and you're calling it's 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 an awesome feeling i don't you know i didn't really ever play so i don't know if it's the same same feeling i've played a little bit now and i scored a goal one time and i was like super excited you know when i scored my first goal ever um but that refereeing gives you a similar feeling and you get to interact with the kids and yeah. i do younger games and you get to teach and yeah. it's, you know it's as much as teaching as you are refing and it's just it's 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 fun it's very enjoyable to be on the field in that manner helping out so and speaking about that so you are in a fmfc kit right now yep. so what made you become a fan of Ford Madison FC? Well, that's a good question. Um, I remember the very first year I was still heavily involved in my local club in Janesville, and we talked about it. We had a club night. Um, I think the second year of the, the second season for Ford Madison um, started to went to that, that that was my first game I ever intended, and then it just sort of the love grew from there. And um, I've done the, the two fantasy camps that they had. You know, I was sad nice. that they didn't do that this year. Um, and now I'm a season ticket holder, and it's just like the love grows because you get to interact, and you, yeah. you know the yeah. you know the players, you, they know you. You know, when I sit in my seat at the beer garden, Shipman waves to me. You know, when yeah. you see, you know, so it's just yeah. that it's it's. I was a huge Packer fan, but now. I mean, you know, I love Ford Madison even more because this is your it's, club. it's our team. It's, it's it, your I, club. I say we, and I don't feel bad for saying we. You are absolutely, yeah. and that's that's exactly. Andrew and I have talked about that a lot. Is that you know we came to this because he was an Arsenal fan, and I'm a Fulham fan. But for us now, it's like our club now is Ford Madison. Like, there's no question about it. Like, that's that's that's, just, that's, that's our team. That's our team. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's our club. Well, know? it's and cool so, that we have like an actual like pro team in Madison. Very cool. In. Very very cool. And and we and we joke about this on the on the podcast is that you know it's one of the nice things is that we actually have a local team to complain about. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Anyway. And yeah. so you know, and so, um, but yeah, I think I think that that's one of the things that you know, when we brought you on, um, I think. One of the things, that we, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on is because you have friends, or at least know people, that have officiated FMFC matches. Yes, I have. Um, 
what have you heard about what the referee's experience has been like? You know, I I know that they talk about, we've talked about when they're part of pro and, and stuff like that. Um, and they do talk about how just intense the speed of play, um, how fast yeah. the game is compared to, you know, anything else that they've, they've done before that. Um, but also about how exciting it is yeah. to, um, you know, to be the... I think most refs think this, that the bigger the game, the more we get pumped for it. I mean, when I did my first UPSL playoff game, which is semi-pro, right? But when I did the first playoff game as an AR, I was I was just stoked. The game went by really quick. It was awesome. You were excited as well. I was, yeah. yeah. No, I was excited yeah. as the referee to, yeah. to you know do the game. And it was right here in Madison with the, the Isthmus. And they talk about that, that same feeling, walking out, being, you know, being on that field, having... There's a pressure, but it's like a good pressure of you're performing, and you know you want to you want to perform well, and, and right. it's you know I, I, right. it's probably similar to the how the players feel when they're right. playing a game. Yeah, I guess um, you you mention kind of the the buzz in the stadium. Do you do you think, or I guess like how do fans or a near capacity crowd affect the game, as far as a, a referee is concerned? You know. I'm not even sure. I think the largest crowd that I've ever probably ref, you know, in front of because UPSL is the highest that I've done, and you know, there's not a huge number of people that attend UPSL. I've done some high school playoff games where maybe you had two, three hundred people, um, and that can get loud. I can't imagine what four thousand plus people yeah. would would be like. Um, but I definitely think that it would, um, for me, even in you know, with that that crowd of two, three hundred, just knowing that they're there it makes you want to perform that much better yeah. it, it wants you to you know you want to perform that much better and when they say stuff you just usually shrug it off you're laughing you know on the inside a little bit especially you know depending on what they're yeah. saying if they get clever um you know with the things do do you think there's any credence to the theory then that like over that officials may overcorrect then you know due to the stadium atmosphere because that's one of the questions i've always had is because like with the crowd and how passionate they are it's like do you feel like you know they're trying to like manage the game by like you know by crossing a bunch of cards out which oftentimes can be a detriment to the game yeah you know and so by trying to manage the crowd by trying to manage the game that you get the opposite effect if you understand like does that make sense what i'm asking it, yeah. it does it does yeah. and the the referees that i know that have refed um usl games none of them are huge ford madison fans right if, if and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just i, I mean i think you actually have to be that way like you have, you've got to be partial yeah, yeah and yeah, and yeah. i know that like if they scraped the bottom of the barrel and scraped it again and then used a spatula and pulled up my name or like hey we need you to wrap this ford madison game i'd be like no like yeah. i would not do it because I one couldn't be impartial. Yeah, I don't know if I could be impartial. Right. And then yeah. two, if somebody found something like, oh, hey, look on social media, look at this guy. This was the this is the AR for our game, and he's a huge Ford Madison fan, and he made that offside call. Um, so I don't know if they really have any bias. They're they're there to yeah. ref the game. They're they're not necessarily fans, and they might be fans of soccer, but they're there to ref the game. Yeah. So by saying what you just said, that brings up an interesting question for me. And that is. So now, have you felt, have you been limited with some of the opportunities that you would have in USL1? Because, like, say Omaha calls and, say, and says, like, hey, we need, a, we, need a, we need a lino for this game, and you go there. They're going to, like, I can guarantee you those people are going to be like, oh, this guy's a huge Madison fan, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, 
So has that limited some of the opportunities you've had for your own for your own career? Well, I think my age maybe limits me a little bit on that. <laughs> on that, you know, soccer's a yeah. so, even for referee yeah. and soccer's more of a, a young young person sport. I have to work really hard to be able yeah. to to maintain my fitness level. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think I would accept that either. I don't. I don't think that I could ever ref a USL League One game yeah. because sure. of my affiliation that I have as because a fan. This with, is your club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't think I could. And that yeah. does sort of limit me. I mean, I don't know. I am trying to move up a little bit. Yeah. Um, to get to regional referee is the next level that that you would get to. And I do want to become a regional referee, but. I know that even when I get to that level, I'm going to be limited because right. I will never. I don't. I will never referee a USL League One match. Right. I just right. won't do it. Right. You'd have you'd have opinions on players and on managers and playing <laughs> styles and all that stuff. Um, I've got to ask just because. <clears throat> I, I think again, like we've we've talked on on our on our podcast about um, just the the number of cards that are issued during a game. How, like, is this something that is actually talked about in officiating circles? Like, so one of the things that we've talked about is like in 2020, there was a there was a study that was done saying, you know, and they reported back saying the average worldwide yellow cards per game was 4.42. So in the USA, though, it was 3.6. Hmm. And Since then. so we've got referees in usl that regularly are above six yeah per game do you is that is that an interesting stat at all to you or is it more of like maybe it's the level of play maybe it's the level of experience the like potential clumsiness of players at this level like does do the stats play into at all some of the i guess like uh, retrospective analysis from from an officiant's point of view. That is a very interesting question, um, and I will say that at some of our um, advanced research classes that we have to attend at least once a year as a USSF referee, we have talked about cards, um, and it's been talking about with the hesitation to give a card hmm. um, really? when a card is deserved because um, we want to manage, you know, referees, we want to manage, I can manage the game without a card and, you know, I can just use my voice and use my, you know, management skills and all of that to control, um, when sometimes a card is warranted and yeah. should be, should be shown right. and, and, you right. know, and we don't want to. So we've actually have talked about that at some of our, um, you know, research classes about don't, don't hesitate to give the, you know, don't get hesitate to give the yellow. If, it, if the yellow is deserved, give the yellow. If the red is deserved, give the red. Um, as for the stat, you know, comparing the U.S. to the worldwide, that's a very interesting um, stat. And I, you know, you talked about skill. We do look at skill level. Obviously, yeah. you know, what a U, you know, I'm going all the way down to U10, right? You know, a U10 player commits a dog, so you're probably not going to show him a red. You're going to talk to him and do that. But then, right. you know, as you move up through the ages and the different skill levels, then the ability to, or the the need to card becomes um, more more useful to control and manage the game yeah so card like as far as issuing cautions or you know straight sending offs that does play a part in that is is it deserving for the for the level of play or for just game management in general yes is is, are things going to spin out of control if i don't do this yes yes interesting yeah I mean, because it's like, you know, you look at the stats here. It's like you've got Gabrielle Ciampi, who 
The maestro. The maestro. The maestro. Okay, maestro. That's that maestro. One. okay. Okay. Versus Green. He's at Greenville tonight. Um, Fifty-three cards across eight games in twenty in twenty twenty-three USL matches. Just Ref- USL matches. Just just USL. Refing tonight. Kickers versus NCFC. Ooh, that should be interesting. So. Uh, o- in a over- stadium with full of people. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes. Well, here, we'll do a little fun segment. <laughs> we'll do a little fun on the fly segment here. Over under. So, eight cards over under. Where are you going? My, my when you asked me that question, my mind immediately said over. Over. Um, okay. Yeah, it did. It okay. did. It did it We're did. going with the over on that one. Okay. <laughs> Next one we have is Servando Sir, Bernia. Uh, He's who we had. Uh, the, he was the center ref against Knoxville. Yes. And last so, weekend. He has six per game. Uh, where is he tonight? Is he not refing tonight? He is. I don't think he's refing okay, tonight. Okay, so he's off tonight. And then we've got Joe Sergan. He's that's, our, re- our ref tonight. That's, that's the ref tonight in South Georgia. Okay. He has 5.16 yellows across six USL matches. Hmm. Down that's in, per game. Down now, in, you know, going back before we move on to this guy, that the the referee that refed our, our yeah, game Yeah, let's talk about Servando a little bit. Yeah, two of those yellow cards were for time-wasting. And we don't see that enough because you see the gamemanship going on. And when I right. rewatched the game, I watched Lewis, right, delay when he got his yellow card. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, like, stretched, stretched, stretched. He was doing some yeah. really good game if, management. To if this. I was a ref, that would be the card I would give out the most. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and his, yeah. his game, his time went, I'm like, come on. Yep. Yes. Like let's get it, let's get it going, pal. But that also, I mean, but those two yellow cards that he gave out that raises that number that he gave out. Right, right, right. And those were very right. justifiable yeah, yellow yeah. cards. I mean, you, they were. They were. If time you watch again. Lewis, he was, he was wasting time and wasting time. And, and that, to be fair, yeah, we are just taking raw numbers. Yep. We're not looking at the circumstances. Taking data. That's all we're doing. And that's all. Yeah. So five point one six. Do you see tonight down in South Georgia? More than five cards. When was the last time he did he has he roughed a Ford Madison game? Have we seen uh, him? I don't think we've seen him. This I year. don't think we have this no, year. No, no. See, down. I, I'm almost going. See, that tells me under there, but okay, but so maybe, maybe, maybe because we haven't seen him, right? We haven't seen him. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. I mean, it's. I I don't know how much the stats actually tell like a full full story, um, but it, it it is interesting to me that like. We have some refs in this league, especially ones that have refed home matches at Breeze, that have like nearly double the amount of the average of yellow cards issued during a game. And I don't, again, like that's something I'm trying to understand is like, is that something that's just like indicative of the level of game in third division? Um, when I look at third division elsewhere in the world, the number is closer to that sort of worldwide meet, like average or around four, four and a half. And that includes like League One in England, uh, the third divisions right. in Spain and France, uh, which, you know, level of play-wise is probably higher than it is here. That's very true. And I'd, be, I'd almost be curious to see, I don't know if they even track it, but I'd be curious to see what the average yellow cards like in... Um, I don't know, I'm related to what I have done, like UPSL, yeah. because at the UPSL games, I've done eight games now. Um, I just started this last year, and I have seen some really stupid behavior by players and coaches yeah. that result in the yellow, yellow yeah. and a red card. I mean, right. you know, just, just you're like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Why, why, you know, I, yellow card, and then you continue to talk and you, you know, use the 
Oh, we can swear actually, can't we? On this, you, it, yeah, abs, you know when the abs we, a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. so. you, you know, I'm in the Marines, all right. So we, you know, I, I'm trying to keep it good, clean when I'm not. Uh, sure. You know, so you show a yellow if he's your descent, and then the the, the the player goes, "Well, fuck you, ref, dude. What do you, you know?" And then that's another yellow yeah. and the red, you know, because and it's like, what do you do? But that's two two yellows and a red right there, all by a stupid play, you know. So you, numbers can be did, off. Did you have like an automatic like? The moment that like it, it was said to you that was an automatic like the cards coming out yes actually it was in a middle school game <laughs> <laughs> i know right middle <laughs> middle school game i'm doing my very first middle school game they use uh wia refs for the middle school games game is over and um it was a fine game called and the player starts talking and i said hey stop my authority is has not terminated yet because i am still here i'm packing up my bag let me leave and you can say whatever you want to and then yeah. he's he dropped a couple f-bombs and i was like okay dude you're you're done here you go so so yes it, it does happen it does happen it does happen. you gotta love this service at rabinia i do i just got a beer delivered to the table well he walked by yeah gave us a look and we gave him gave him the sign yeah and the next thing you know is a beer is that is the universal sign for more beer is it <laughs> waving an empty glass <laughs> waving an empty glass yeah um so adam i got one of the questions that i had uh that i'm really curious about uh just because like um in my job in my day-to-day a big part of sort of like focus on improvement is reflection. Yes. And I'm kind of wondering like, you know, even at the level that you're at or whether it's up at like a third division level of the pro ranks, what sort of reflection happens from people in the role of as an official uh, after a match is over? So usually what you will see is um, we will talk about the game afterwards. Like that's probably the very, even before we leave, um, you know, we're, we're talking about the game, what went well, what didn't go well, you know, what did we think we maybe could, could have done better? Did we miss any calls? Did we make, you know, did we make any mistake? So we immediately talk about the calls. Um, another thing that's become more easy to do is to go back and watch your game that you wrapped. Right. Obviously, with the you know the the proliferation right. of cameras, yeah, um, it's yeah, it's exactly. so much easier. Even high school games now, yeah. you can go back and watch your high school games. Um, and so all of the the refs that that I know that ref at any sort of higher level and are seeking to move up, they're they're going back and watching their own games and yeah. saying, what did I do wrong? Did I oh I did miss that or oh okay I, oh I was right on that call. Okay, I was right on that call. Um, sometimes I will just ponder. I run every day. Obviously, it makes sense because I you know have to be in pretty good good shape to to run um the game and so i run every day and i will spend a lot of my time when i'm running playing through either like thinking about stuff that happened or even just playing through scenarios in my mind okay if this happened what am i going to do here um i also read uh, you know so i'm always reading the law book or the rule book if it's high school but i'm always reading the law book um and then there's videos and stuff. You know, you can just watch videos. Pro puts out there like video yeah. review, which can be useful. Right. Um, there's others, uh, organize, you know, uh, the, some of the state referee associations, not even just Wisconsin, but just, you know, anywhere, because you can see everybody's stuff now. They will put out like educational videos on, hey, this is how to manage this, or this is how to call this. And just watching those videos, even when you sort of already know the answer, you go back and you reread it. IFAB puts out a daily post every day talking about some aspect of the laws and you know we'll usually do a quick bl- a blurbage with a, then a reference to the answer and, and what part of the laws and i usually make sure that i look at that you know almost every day if not every day I, I guess one question that i had too was like 
it, it's something that I'm I'm curious about, like at a USL one level, especially just because I'm a Ford Madison fan, and and you know we've had some some curious decisions uh, this year from the officials. But like, what what is the what do you know about like a review process? Not necessarily at, like a USL one level, but like what sort of recourse or, or process is there in place at different levels for uh, being able to. I guess question decisions uh, have them sort of go under a, a little bit of a microscope. So yeah, I don't know you know at the USL League One level what what they all do, but I can speak about the UPSL. So um, when I did the U- U- UPSL playoff game, our assigner, the assigner that assigned me to that game, uh, he wasn't there, but he said, "Hey, I'm going to be watching the stream." He's like, "I'm going to be watching the stream, and I'm going to be watching how you guys perform." Um, we just had our meeting for the fall meet for the fall schedule coming up, and he is actually going to start sending out to the coaches a feedback, and the coaches are going to evaluate all the referees on physical fitness. Did they show up early? Were they dressed properly? How do they do their game? You know, uh, he has like a, a, a list of, of factors, and everybody starts at a five, and you either move up or down depending on your performance, and that's going to go, and then that was going to be a tool that he was going to use. Um, either to provide correction or to provide, you know, even maybe affect future assignments. Like if you're constantly getting low, right. he's going to be like, dude, we're not, right. I'm not assigning you any more exactly. games. You're done. Exactly. Um, so that's that's what I know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it is just one of those things where I'm just kind of like, you know, <clears throat> what is what is the accountability look like? So I will say this. I will read another story from a, a, another um uh, friend that I have that I'm much closer with um, when he did a game in Milwaukee professional level the assigner before the game said this is your one chance don't fuck it up yeah and he said I'm watching and if you fuck it up he's like I'm not going to give you another assignment so mm-hmm. he had one game to to you know prove that he could continue to right. ref at that level um, so there is there is there are people watching there are yeah. people watching there you go interesting all right so we're going to move into a segment now um <laughs> Talk about, let's talk about the Knoxville game. Let's talk oh. about the Knoxville game. <laughs> what we're going to do is... Now, when I was growing up, there used to be uh, that great segment on Monday Night Football called uh, You Make the Call. Oh. Where they would do this thing where they would show like a replay. Okay. From like a like a game. And they would say like, you know, like, you know, it's like Jerry Rice makes a catch across the middle. And like, you know, is hit and the ball pops up. You know, it's like... Is this a fumble or is this an incomplete? You make the call. Interesting. And, and, then, and then they would go to a commercial and they'd come back and come and show like what the call was and what the correct call was. And so. I like it. So we're going to get to do you make the call Ooh, here. Okay, okay. We're reviewing <laughs> the Knoxville game. So um, around two minutes in the game, okay, Christian Chaney is pulled down by his shirt. The last defender is very suspect on this. Yep. Um, if you're roughing this, what are you calling? So, what, well, so, and I think what we'll do is we'll say, what would you call, and like, how would you explain the call that happened in real life? So, I think that one's actually pretty easy, um, because you clearly have, I think, you have all the criteria for a dog so, so you, you know, you got direction, distance, distance being the only question mark, just because it was so far away. But I think you can argue that even there, given everything else, distance isn't a factor. The direction and the likelihood to, you know, and Owen kept the ball. So he's got control. So you've got all the criteria for Doxo, except the ball went to Owen to your playing advantage. Right. And as soon as you play that advantage, you remove the ability to penalize that Doxo. The only thing that you can do is come back and show a yellow card for unsporting behavior to the player. So 
to confirm this, the moment that you go to advantage, Dogso is wiped out. Yes. In that case. In and, that and, and, and any like in that situation. In that situation, yes. Wow. Yeah. Like so you can't go back and call Dogso. Nope. Do you think Well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. If you if the advantage didn't develop. So if the advantage didn't develop, let's say like Cheney, let's say yeah, right, it did like, develop. But let's Cheney say, like he flubs the pass, or yeah, like, or kicked, Owen gets a touch and then it immediately flies away. Yeah, and that was a question I was going to ask you, Mike. So, what would happen is like so you know advantage is played, Onan sees it, and Onan kicks the ball to breathe into East Wash. Well, if he kicks the ball, then you're going to argue that if I'm the referee that he he he's yeah. in control of the ball. So when you apply advantage, it's just saying. There's an there's an there's an advantage to the team that was fouled. Right. It doesn't guarantee that the goal is going to score. It doesn't mm. mean that yeah. they're going to score the goal or anything. It just says that the advantage was was there and it was played. And if they misplay the ball, which if he kicks it away, you're going to say, well, he misplayed the ball. He yeah. had a he had a touch on it. He didn't control it properly, but. The foul didn't cause him to lose that ball. Right. The foul was on Got Cheney, it. so you can't you can't Got in it. that case. So what's interesting about this particular situation, if Jaden hadn't have been there, that's Dogzo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dogzo, hundred percent. Oh yeah, I think so. I think they're playing they're playing with 10, 10 men the rest of the day. So, in your mind, though, this is maybe a, a it's very theoretical question because yeah, it yeah. didn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you're that center ref. Or if you're the AR in that game, and like, would you if you're, we'll just say if you're the center ref, and do you think it is worth? I mean, not knowing what is going to come of a player on the attacking team in this case, picking up the ball and running with it. Do you? I mean, it's two minutes into the game. Yeah, it's not like there's any kind of precedence for it. You have no idea how these teams are going to be, like, how things are going to be shaking out. Yeah, yeah, you got no idea right now. Do you play advantage in that situation, or do you play, or do you give the red card and issue Dogzo? So, when you, so as a referee, when this you. This is pl- the you make the call portion. Uh, this is yeah. you make yeah. the call. Uh, as, as, so let me just talk about advantage briefly real quick if I can. Uh, when you apply advantage and the goal goes into the back of the net, that is a great feeling as a referee. There is, there's almost no better feeling when you see the foul, you see the advantage develop, and then that advantage actually, you know, ends up in a goal. It is a great feeling. It is a great feeling. So if that ball had ended up in the back of that net, the ref is like, yeah, I really nailed that call. Um, as for, do you blow that call dead? And I think back to when we had the game where we maybe should have had an advantage situation and that was blown dead by the Maestro because I can't yeah. remember exactly yeah. what yep. his name is. In but the center th- circle in Cheney's Yeah, that there, was yeah. very similar and everybody yeah. was going crazy that they didn't let advantage play through. And that so, should have been an advantage. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I yeah. really think so. Look, you know, thinking about that, that it probably should have. So, if you see the advantage develop, you're always going to play that advantage because you yeah. don't want to. One of the things that we try to do as referees, we're, we're not trying to stop the game. I, you know, you know, they, they talk about soccer being the beautiful game, right? Part of it is because there's not that stoppage. It's not football. It's not basketball where there's all this stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. The game never stops. Yeah. It just keeps going. And our job as referees is to keep that flow going, to keep that right. game going. So if the advantage is there, we're going to play the advantage. Yeah. Especially in that case. I mean, that is that is almost like a textbook. It's two minutes in. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, te- well, it's a textbook advantage in terms of yeah. what the situation created. Right. Next one. Aiden's back pass to Cheney uh, being called offside 
was probably the one that was the most. That's the second one, right? Yeah. 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 That was the most confusing, and and just this actually was after Sichero's goal was called off. Yeah. So that's the second one. That's at like the twenty twenty. One twenty-two minute. Yeah, mark. both both of these were in the 20, 21st minute. Right. I thought the other one there. was like in the seventeenth minute. I think when I went uh, back and looked at them, that might be. Uh, they were, there was more time than I thought you're, between. You're them. probably right. Because they felt they did right. felt very they did feel yeah. very close. But then when I went yeah, back, yeah. I was like, oh, there was a little bit more time in between. Um, that one. Who can I can I do no comment on that one? <laughs> um, you he's know, gonna, he's going to plead the fifth. On this I one. Yeah. I would like to plead fifth. the fifth on that one. I will say that. <laughs> offsides is is probably one of the most difficult things I think of all officiating. You know, just across the board with all right. sports. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the most difficult things. And if you really want to get a sense of how difficult it is to call offsides, if you go to the pro re- the pro website, the pro referee website, under education, they have an offside test, and they play a video, they play a little clip, and then it says, "Is this player offside or on? Is he off or on?" And you have to pick. And the very first time I ever did the test was like a couple years ago. I like got fifty percent. Yeah. Now I mean it's it's obviously like at, you know geared towards the MLS yeah. like right. upper upper level, yeah. but it is incredibly hard because you have to snapshot that play, and remember In at the time. time of the kick. Yep, remember that kick, and you're waiting for the next touch. But whatever plays out, you have to remember. And there's is, no var. No, and. I mean, and you see at the World Cup, the, right. you know how how often they they call, you know, they have to go to VAR for the offside yep. calls, yep. and we're trying to, you know, you're trying to do it, and that's it probably is. like the biggest thing with with VAR right now is trying to get the offsides right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not like goal it's line. Not t- the goal line. It's stuff. not goal line. It's not goal line stuff. It's it's the it's. Well, the, they've got that sensor anyways. At the higher the, level, they yeah. got the goal line technology. It's, it, anyways. Now, and now it's the, it's the offside stuff. And now it's like FIFA actually is like trying a new rule with this. Mm. I mean, because of it. And you're so, talking about the one where they don't have to be. Yeah. Right now, it's like if you're if you're toenail is offside. Right. Then exactly. you're you're off, and they're talking about adjusting just Adju- adjusting yeah. it. Yeah. So. This is obviously something in the game that, like, like you were bringing up, this is a big thing. Yes, so, it is. It is. And, it and, is. and when you're at a level where there is no replay for, there's no bar, there's, there's no, no, bar, there's no yeah. nothing. It's just you. And so, you know, red cards, yellow cards, those can be overturned, right? Yep. yep. A goal going in the back of the net, you being can't called call off, back. you can't call no, it back. You can't call it back. No, you nope. can't go back. There's no going yeah, back. That's tough. Yeah, it tough was. Gig. I, Tough I, gig. I think I, I when I, I you know I was looking at that 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 replay today, and there was eight players between where the AR and the far side of the field, mm-hmm. which even makes it more you know that much more difficult. Right. So, um, you know, to to make that call to remember where all of those people are at the time of that kick, and you can't watch the kick. That's another thing right. that maybe people don't realize. Um, as the AR, you can't watch the kick. Well, you gotta watch the, the open the, the receivers, right? Because if you watch the kick and then you turn and you know you watch your kick and you turn your head just slightly to watch the the players, they may be off. They may be in an offside position, but at the time of the kick, they might have been on. So you have to watch yeah. that onside. You know the player. You have to watch the attacking player wherever he is, and you got to be listening, listening for that kick and going, okay, boom, snapshot. I see it. What is, what's going on? What's happening? So I guess in that particular scenario, though, like, sort of who who do you, or I, I guess, like, what direction do people lean? Like, what's what's the instruction there as far as, like, who do you give the benefit of the doubt to? If you can't see past a bunch of players blocking your field of vision as an AR, 
like how do you make that call and do it with good conscience like is there guidance around that or is it or is it just kind of up to the individual I am assuming that there's guidance at that level. I mean, at the lower levels that I typically do, you know, we just talk about, hey, make sure you wait for involvement. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's the big thing. That that was a recent change about having involvement. Um, so, you know, we're like, hey, waiting for involvement. Um, if you're on comms, which they're obviously on comms, that makes it a little bit easier because yeah, now you can, can be, you can be talking and you can be like, hey, I think, you know, I've got a player in an offside position, you know. Um, and this, you know, and the referee can be like, no, we're good. Or, you know, I'm seeing, you know, they can talk, right. um, which, which being on comms is, is such a, it makes, it makes refereeing so much easier when you are on comms. It's just the amount yeah. of talking that goes on when you're on comms. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel that I could really comment sure. too much on, on that guidance because I don't know exactly what guidance they're getting at that okay. level. Um, the other the other call that we kind of wanted to uh, you make the call <laughs> you uh, was on, make the call uh, Sichero's attempt which was close in timing to the previous but was also a head scratcher um, I wasn't sure if that was an offside call or if it was a foul or what it was again like this is sort of the as fans who really aren't tuned into the uh, <clears throat> I guess the the officiating or some of the, the decisions and how they're made, um, it seems a little bit opaque at times as far as what the call is. And like, was it clear to you watching it back, like what what the actual call was, what what called that dead? Well, no, and I blame the ESPN broadcast yeah. there because fair. they were Very showing fair. yeah they were showing a whole bunch of replays. And um, I never really saw. Obviously, the you know we have just those two cameras, either the wide view or whatever it's called, and the the closer up view, and they're never really good angles. Right. And, um, and I, there is that 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 play where um, I think it, it was a it was a Bartman. I think Bartman like kind of goes for a 50-50 Yeah. Air, right. Is an aerial challenge that could have been called a foul because yeah. he's coming into. I he, thought maybe there was an elbow there. Or yes. Something was hard to tell. But it looked like the. I thought I. I thought I saw briefly that the the referee had his hand up. Yeah. As he's signaling, which would signal an indirect free kick. Right. right. And that it was the offside. <laughs> um. So I don't. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure right. there. Even after watching the replay. Um, what was the final determination there? But once again, I never saw what the referee signaled. So if the ref had thrown his hand up, right. then we know that he's playing the offsides, but he might have well been playing that foul. And once again, the, the, the replay does not really give any clarity because by the time they go back to play, the ball's already right. yeah. already in play. Right. Yeah. It was a rough game. It was. And I sit in, you know, I sit by the beer, I sit in the beer, I was in the beer garden that area. So of course I've got no, you know, no vantage. It's like being in the flock end. Right. right. You're, you're looking, you know, directly onto the field and you've got no angle for anything. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to see sometimes what's going on. Yeah. I and mean, then I, with, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think in, I think in general, like hearing from somebody that has to make some of those tough decisions during these games, um, is is good uh like perspective to have of like hey we're, we're acting on uh reading the laws of the game as well as experience that we've had and a lot of these a lot of the people that do whether they're ar or center ref or or the fourth official they, they don't have you know 10 plus years as officials especially right. at this no, level no 
you know and um in your mind though like what sort what sort of uh i guess maybe investments could pro or usl make into this because like there were there were discussions i don't know if you caught any of that stuff during the off season this last year uh usl announced in january that they were like cutting ties with pro i remember seeing that because pro wanted as part of their new contract for this season right. uh money for training um oh. and usl said no and usl basically issued a press press like release saying we are not working with pro this year because they want this and then uh two months later they were back on yeah we'll, we'll, no, work, we'll work with pro we'll work yeah. with pro yeah, so I guess like as a fan, it was kind of like the league doesn't want to have to spend money on this stuff. Uh, fans, it seems like, absolutely want better trained officials. Yes. What's the way forward from your perspective? It really comes down to, you know, it does come down to the training. And um, how do you, but also I think, how do you prepare somebody for Breeze? You're, you know, you're doing UPSL. USL. You're not um, used to that many fans. Yeah, you're, and there's there's no in between. It's like you're you know you're going no. from 50 to 100 fans to 4,000 fans, and there's nowhere that you can go where there's 2,000 fans or you know right. 1,500 fans or anything like that. So how do you you know prepare for that? And I you know and I I honestly fall back on my Marine Corps training. I've been yelled at by the you know the best of them. So most things that anybody can says, I'm like, whatever, dude. You've, you yeah. know, I've heard far, far worse. <laughs> yeah, you know, no right? Doubt. No doubt. Um, no doubt. But yeah. you know, I think about my 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 both my two of my oldest kids are both referees. Um, and my 17 year old, my oldest doesn't ref as much anymore, but my 17 year old still refs heavily. Yeah. He will not be the referee. He will only be the assistant referee unless he's absolute. I mean, he's ref some games for me where I'm like, dude, I'm coaching. There's no referee. I need you to go do it. Otherwise, yeah. it's me. And he hates it. He hates it because he doesn't want to get yelled at. Yeah. So how do you – I don't even know what training you would come up with right. to train somebody to, you know, to be – Shouted at by yeah. four thousand plus yeah. hostage negotiation. I mean, I mean, and, th- and this is, I mean, and this is a larger discussion because this might be a general generational discussion we're having. Is that you know, with all of us being Generation X, we're kind of used to being yelled at. Yeah, being, you know, well, you, know well, you yes. are you are from a different generation yeah. than me. Yeah, I'm, I, I but I'm used you, to being yelled you, at. You, yeah. like, you, I think you and I are the same age. Yeah, like, I'm 46. You, I'm 44. So, okay, so yeah, we're there. So we're there. We're both generation experts. I'm a like, young baby at 41. <laughs> I know, but like you, but like we grew up in a, like an environment where that was like that was very common. Yeah. Like yes. we were getting yelled at, right? Yes, yes. That was just part of the deal. Yep. This generation of of individuals, especially like the generation even beyond us with millennials, that was not something. No. So I don't know how you train somebody that like has not grown up being yelled at. How I don't know. I don't how know. To, how, how to be used to that? <laughs> yeah. How you know? And, and you know, it's like, you know, it's like you know. It's one of those things I look at. I'm just like, unless you're there and do it and yeah. make those mistakes, yeah, you know. And I, and I, and I unfortunately, I think that's what we what we're seeing. You're not gonna like require that they do like a certain amount of hours of stand up comedy <laughs> before your first USL one game. You have to go to the comedy. What are all these people doing in my room? Yeah, it's, you gotta go get heckled. Well, and another, hour. you know, going off that, another factor yeah. is that just the 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 physical nature of soccer not right. physical in right. terms of like you right. know bumping but the running right yeah 
it limits. I'm I'm 46, but I run every single day. I ran you six. Both. I yeah. ran 6.3 miles earlier today yeah. because that's what I have to do. I run every single day because yeah. I have to run, and I work on you know my my I do you know sprint work during some of my runs. But I run every single day to maintain my fit my fitness level so that I can do what I do at 46. Yeah. Not everybody wants to do that. Right. No. And exactly. so then you talk about if you you know even if you start when you're 13 right you can start as a rep as a 13 and by 21 you know at 20 you're starting to move up and you know 22 23 24 you know and then maybe you move up but look at like basketball and football i mean you got refs yeah. that are like 60 and they're still Absolutely. repping at the high level you don't see that in soccer no. i think no. that also hurts us that yeah. you know the the the, the, the lack of like continued experience yeah and because you can't do it i mean yeah. i don't know how much more even if i like am able to get my regional referee Maybe you get five years out of me before you know. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask how many years you got left. Well, at the higher levels, you know, maybe I think five or six years, maybe, okay. maybe more. I don't know. I mean, I have you set a limit for yourself, like how how long you want to do this? No, but I know at some point, like, and so like, I'm gonna speak bad about referees here for a second, and I hate doing that, but I know that. Just by what you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know that there's like referees that ref high school. That probably shouldn't be referees anymore. They should just be ARs. And Man, I was, ARs a, that, I was a teacher for years. There's plenty of teachers that are teaching that shouldn't be teaching. Yes, yeah. yes. And yeah. and so I will know that when I physically, like right now, I can run. I can run a game. Yeah. And I haven't reached a point where I could. You know, if I'm just doing one game, I'm good. I can yep. run one game and not be physically tired by the end. You know, I mean, I'm still tired, but I'm not right. like you sure. know where I'm right. dogging it right. And at some point, I will probably reach a level where I won't be able to do that. Right. And then I'll have to stop roughing at the higher level. Maybe I do high school long. High school, I probably am able to do longer than I am the adult games. And, you know, maybe when I'm 60, I'm still doing like U14, U12 games just because I enjoy it, you know. Yeah. But but I'm not roughing, you know, the higher levels anymore because I can't physically do it. So it's not an, a year thing. It's more of saying if I reach a physical, you know, point where I can't physically keep up, I'm not going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, Adam Wallman, thank you so much <laughs> so for joining much us for today. Man. Thank you so uh, much. It's been illuminating. I, I think getting some perspective once in a while, especially with how much we've been bitching about the referees <laughs> lately. A lot. Which we will continue to well, bitch I'm about sure. the referees. But you know what? We want you to hold us accountable to, hey, remember, this is a hard job. And they're not going to get it right every time. Um and you know what? Maybe, maybe Adam, we'll have to have you back on to check us on our bullshit. Oh, I would, I would. I, this has been fun. I was a little nervous coming here for the first time. I was like, when the when the Twitter direct message came in, I said to my wife, "I'm like, do I do this?" And she's like, "Ah," and I'm like, "Why not? I'm gonna do it." Yeah. Um, well, originally we were gonna have you do it at my house. And we were just like, "No, dude, don't have him come to my house." Like that's not just, that, yet anyway. Not yet anyway. Oh. Like you can't just like <laughs> next time. You can't just reach out to somebody and be like, "Yeah, come to this guy's house." Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, you know. No, this has really been fun, and I definitely would uh, yeah. um, love to come on. I even had some. I you know, at first when you asked me, I was like. I knew, and I was like, well, I've got my culture, my culture picks too. Like, you always talk about music and books. And oh, I was like, oh, what would oh, I talk about? Oh, so I was, I was, let's, pre- let's do these then. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. before we leave, yes, absolutely. Let's, let's do them. Okay. Let's do them then. Because we're, we're at 45 minutes, Grant. Oh, geez. This is basically a full episode right here. So oh, wow. maybe this is an extra. Maybe this is our episode this week. This is what we uh, do. Let's get into it. Okay. You know what? Uh, I scored today. Uh, Rick James's Fire It Up 
album on vinyl because you are in vinyl. You are in a vinyl, right? You, yeah. Yeah. you buy vinyl. Okay. Two of us, yeah. I got Rick James's fired up album, Zap, uh, self-titled number three. So Zap did like more bounce to the yep. islands. Like they've been sampled by more West Coast. Roger Troutman and his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Surviving in the eighties by Andre Simon. Nice. This is all on vinyl. Oh, all on vinyl. And okay. Rock Me Tonight by Freddie Jackson. Wow. Very nice. Uh, well, you know, we're at Carlene Davis, Davis's uh, Yesterday, Today, Forever. And Timex Social Club's Rumor, Vicious Rumors. You know that, all these rumors. Yep. Yeah, that, Timex Social that. Club. Yeah, so Timex how, Social Club. How big is the? I mean, so his is his is is a lot. It, I got not, I just crossed the nine hundred yep, mark. and this I'm week. at uh, I'm I'm crossing seven hundred uh, this week. So. And there's definitely more vinyl now. Vinyl's like making a little bit of comeback. Right? Uh, it's the like, thing. It's it, the thing. I saw my Mad City today. Not strictly because I can. You I can. Get, I love strictly. I love, okay, I, love but I, like, I love Mad City's like used section though. I mean, I love strictly, but I love that I can actually get a deal at Mad City. Mad City's got. You're not Mad getting time. deals at strictly. No, I love. So do you ever worry about the record being like scratched or anything, or does that not really? Is that not really? Nice, an issue? We'll work around that. The nice <laughs> thing. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about strictly is that they grade everything. Oh, okay. At Mad City, none of it. It's not sealed, so you can open it up and look at it. Um, also, major scratches are like visible. Yeah. Like, I remember, I mean, my parents had vinyl like back in the day, but that was, I mean, that's been like 30, 35 yeah. years since I've ever played a record. Um, they had a bunch of Beach Boys records <laughs> back oh, in man. the day. Good. They probably that, still have them. They probably yeah. still have them. That was my, my sort of initial uh, window into vinyl was when I was a kid. My dip, my parents had a record player. My dad would frequently spin Beach Boys and like Jane and Dean and like a lot of that California yeah. sound stuff. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, my dad lived in, in California for seven years after he graduated high school. He, like, I lived in kind of, California for a little bit. Yeah. Same uh, here. He, huh? Same here. He oh, nice. In, anyway. Southern California? Or? I, was in, I, was like, I was at Camp Pendleton. I was, yeah. I was in Manhattan Beach, so a little bit different. So Where's Manhattan Beach? It's in L.A. So. Oh, so north, north, like yeah. yeah. I was you, you, you were in San Diego, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Camp Pendleton is, is like smack dab in the middle between San Diego and, and LA. LA. Yep, but I yep. used to go to San Diego more than I would go to that's, LA. Yeah, that's why they always had military day at the Padres games. <laughs> so, for the Marines. So. Adam, you came prepared tonight. I what did. are your culture picks? So, um, I ju- we, the wife and I just finished watching Silo. On mm. Apple TV, really, really good acting. I have not gotten into that yet. It's I like on my list to watch. Watch it because the acting is like superb. Mm. And everybody was telling us to watch Manifest. Have you heard of that show too? Manifest. I heard of it. I haven't so, watched it at all. D- uh, the, it, the the premise of Manif- Manifest is really interesting. Yeah. The acting is terrible. Okay. Like the acting is completely terrible. So we finished the first season of Manifest, and I was like, I don't know if we can go right in. Because I got four seasons of Manifest out already. And I was like, I don't know if we can go right into another <laughs> season of Manifest and handle the acting. And so we turned, we watched, started watching Silo. And yeah. Silo is like this, you know, set in the future. It's a dystopian. Uh, you know, the yeah. earth is destroyed and they're living in this silo. Really, really good. I mean, mm. the, the acting is superb. So good that when we finish season one, which I get to tie, I get, that's my TV pick right now, but I get to tie it right to my book because I, we finished season one and we're like, well, shoot, how long are we going to have to wait for like a season two? Like, it's been renewed. Right, right. But, you know, right, with right. the strikes going yeah. on, like, we're going to be waiting yeah, a while. We're going to be waiting a while. I went yeah. and bought the books. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And because it's a three, it's a three book series. Okay. And, um, 
I started reading the first book. There's already I can already tell there's some differences, but the book is is, hmm. is just as good. Okay. So that's what I'm reading right now is is the first book in the in the Silo series. But highly recommend both of nice. them. Nice. Yeah. My what about you, Grant? My turn. Uh, so I went strictly this week too. Uh-huh. Um, I got four albums uh, this week. I picked up uh, Victor Vaughn, Vaudeville Villain. Uh, so this is a MF Doom alias. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I picked that one up. Um, I picked so, up. So for folks that don't know, uh, Daniel Dumoulin, who was who it, yeah. who was MF Doom, yeah. the the MC, the producer, had multiple aliases. Oh, and what yeah. genre of music? So it's hip-hop. all it's all hip hop. Okay, stuff. okay. Um, hip hop But like, so he yeah. was under uh, he went under the alias Metal Fingers for all yep. of his uh, <laughs> like ju- just his production credits. Yep. Uh, he went yep. under Victor Vaughn, who's supposed to be a sort of like younger, more brash individual who brags about his exploits with women and yep. drugs and other things like that. You have King Ghidra, who is the uh, Actually, based on the King Ghidra uh, from the Godzilla, Godzilla like, movies. Yeah. Uh, oh wow! And those are all very interesting names. Yeah, yeah. And, and his. Uh, so he also. So I'm trying to figure out the last one because I know there's one more. So it's metal. Mad thing. villain. Yes, the, the villain, mad, the, the super mad villain. villain, mad yeah. villain, the mad yeah. villain, which, yeah. which, which which he did with Madlib. Yes. And so. Um, well, the supervillain in general is like yeah. MF. So, Doom. One of the things that he did, and this is just a slight, real quick aside, he would send uh, imposters to play his shows sometimes. <laughs> what? Because he was trying to like live up to the the uh, the reputation of being a villain. And so he would send out. It was all about the sometimes, show. Sometimes, like shows on the road, would send imposters, and they would literally do karaoke to his songs. Wow! And and some cities would get booed off the stage, but he would actually be there backstage, ready to come out when when the imposter would get booed off the stage. He would show up. That is pretty cool, actually. That'd be fun to be at that concert. Like, yeah. like you'd be mad, but then you're like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, well, he kind of so. said when people asked him about it, the first time it happened, he wasn't there and he didn't come out. And this this imposter got booed off the stage. He's like, I call myself a supervillain in all my songs. What'd you expect? So, anyway, it's part of the mystique of the man. So, besides that one, I got... Um Apollo Brown and Fillmore Green's album, mm. um, Cost of Living. Apollo is a, an incredible Yeah, producer. so Apollo, Apollo Brown is a Detroit hip-hop producer. Okay. Um, Fillmore Green is an inter, is a underground Chicago or a hip-hop artist. He's amazing. Uh, great lyricist. So found that. Picked that up. I also picked up uh, Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, what help? That was... I've never been a huge Springsteen fan, but that that's 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 his one where it's it's pretty much that was the where he took the sh- the turn. It's like a very Americana. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's his, it's pretty much all acoustic. Oh, um, okay. Atlantic City's on there. Um, it's I think it's his best album. I think it's his best album. Or at least from a songwriting perspective. Yep. I mean, there's no the, the E Street Band is like very no. downplayed on there. Yeah, like no, it's, it's non-existent. It's, it's this is it's Springsteen and his he's raw. Yep. You know, he's just 
talking no, talking no about re- talking about Reaganism, talking about the, the you know the, the breakup of the unions. I mean, hmm. he gets getting real about America in, in this album. And are these like rare finds? Like you're looking this for is, these certain ones, and this you're one, like, oh, what I find. The one I like, found was this is a uh, it's a 180 gram version of the album, which is like so with vinyl records, you know, based on you know the you know being an analog, cert, you know, me- media. Yeah. It, the level of of content is, you know, it's built into the grooves of the, of the right. album, right? And so, the thicker the album, the deeper the grooves can be, and so the more you can put, in th- the better sound you can have with the album. So okay, makes so sense. One hundred eighty gram is like that's the gold standard, pretty much for I think for albums where I've from what I've heard, they just warp less often. Yeah, but. Colby's are thicker, so they yeah. yeah. They, they're Some more people actually really prefer the sound of 180 gram vinyl. Yeah, hmm. yeah. The, yeah. I, I think I think you know. But, I'm learning stuff about vinyl that I did not know. Yeah. But the big one that I got mm. uh, was Salt's 11 album, which is their brand new one they just put out this yeah. year with yep. like Glory and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a copy in on Friday and. I, uh, Ron was there. I said, "Did you just get this?" He goes, "Oh yeah, we got one copy." And I'm like, yeah. "Ron was why there? just yeah. one copy though?" So, oh, sorry. Ron, Ron is like the old school owner of Strictly. Yeah. Like, was <laughs> the one who founded that place. Uh-huh. He never works in the shop. No, he was oh, that rare day. He was there. I'm like, Did you "Just get these." Oh, I think we just got one copy. I'm like, "Well, it's mine now." Yeah. That's and why do they just get one copy? Like, what? What's this? Is so um, it's salt, expensive. Yeah, salt is. Um, Kind of a super group from the UK, uh, okay. Neo Soul super group from the UK, um, and Inflow Production. Yeah, Inflow Production. And oh, okay, well, that makes yeah. sense. So they their stuff is always like super rare, super hard to find. Costs about forty dollars. This, this one was forty three. This one was forty three. Wow. Yep, it was forty three. Because they got to ship it over from yep. from England. Yep. So um, th- yeah, this one was forty three, and but had to do it. They need to get some people over here pressing their stuff. Oh, I was going to say, you think that's that they would be smarter just to make them here, like save the shipping. Yep. Yeah, I think part of it with them is like, I, I would have to imagine they're going to because now they've got some Grammys behind them. They, yeah, you know, they won the Grammy last, they won the Grammy last year for best R&B performance. Oh, okay. Okay. For yeah. best R&B album. Yep. Um, for 11. I mean, yep. that, that's the, uh, this is the album that won. And so, I mean, Lil Sims is on their label too, yeah. so like she's she's, she's on, getting much she's on more four of the tracks now. in this album. Yeah, yeah. So. If you get a chance to check out, so, like, and you and I have talked about Salt yeah. numerous times in the show, um, like by at this point, if you S- don't, if you don't, S-A-U-L-T. if you don't know Salt, like, come <laughs> he on, sees now. me looking it up on yeah. my phone, like, <laughs> like if you don't know Salt at this point, y'all, come on. The the albums have very different musical styles. They're all very different. That's the best thing about it. Yeah. Yeah, but every single one. Yeah. It's often it is the same producer behind it all. Inflow, he's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Forever Living Originals is the name of the the album the label that they're on. Um but yeah. Inflow is like he's probably one of the best producers out there musically in general right now. Like he could uh, record a chamber orchestra one day and a you know an MC the next and not skip a beat. Nice. You guys are introducing me to some new new music. I'm a I'm a bit of a metal alt metal metal primary is what I what I listen to, but I'm always open to new things. Yeah, I I've got a, like a weird I'm very like a very eclectic taste in things. You the only thing I don't really well, like me too, is me like too. 
The only thing I don't really like stylistically is country like music. commercial country. Yeah. You're talking like newer country, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the newer super radio friendly commercial stuff. Yes. And I when I was in high school, you know, way back in the day, I had a country phase, but the country nowadays is not Morgan like Whalen. It's it's like, basically pop. Morgan Whalen can get fucked. <laughs> Sturgill Simpson though. I like Sturgill. Yeah, I like, I, like, I like that guy. I like Sturgill a lot. Um, but I like that Morgan Whalen fucker. Fuck, fuck him. Try that, that in a small town. No, no, no that's Jason Aldean. Yeah, yeah that's Jason Aldean. But fuck like, all that shit, though. Fuck, 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 fuck on all their fans. Fuck them. I just like, I don't like, I like country music when it's like that outlaw style. Yes. That's more like the, you know, uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, David Allen Coe. Yeah, I mean, when I was growing, uh, when I, yes, yes, when I yes, was growing yes. up, though, like, I mean, even Willie was in the yeah. middle of that, you know. Yeah. But Johnny like, Cash. Yeah, he had a yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the really old school country. Yeah. Is. Hank Williams, the old Hank Williams thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Hank Williams one. Arlo Guthrie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they those 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 folks, but I mean, a lot of that too is like they they were just trying to scrap and make ends meet. They weren't trying to you know make millions, but anyway. I love the fact that we made a whole episode of talking with some with, with, with Adam here. We're gonna have to have you back on. Perfect. Um, uh, we we will get you back out to Madison. Uh, even record, uh, you know, at a distance too. We we've done some we've done virtual. Some recently. The last episode was was virtual. Was, wasn't was it? remote. Yeah, yeah. Okay. With, with Sam. Uh, but. Yeah, I think uh, we'll have to have you back on, Adam. This has been a really great chat, and I've enjoyed definitely it. helped with some perspective. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to wrap it up for today because we got to go <laughs> watch the match. We got to get over yes. to the forward club. Yes. Yeah, yes. I just saw the lineup. It's literally our strongest eleven. Nice. Uh, there we go. Yeah, Cheney back up top there we starting. Go. Okay. Anyway, He's healthy. Yes. Uh, was he actually injured a little bit, or was yeah, it just ro- was it just bit. maybe a little bit rotation little bit. rotation? I was I was wondering. Mitch Osmond back in as well uh, after that needling. Oof. Oof. Yeah, needling not fun. Anyway, Adam, thank you so much again for joining yeah, us. Thank and you as, guys for having me. And as Grant always says, be easy. We'll see y'all next time. Cheers.